as if you not off for a second, did you learn anything new? Prophecies? Anything? Uh, oh, uh, no. I just, I here's the thing. Since my, my since my waking kid doesn't want me to sleep, I feel like that's got to be a little bit evil, right? Like sleep is pretty good. Whoever. Well, you just fell asleep sleep. from like two notes on a piano, so I think you really need it. <laughs> you do, you could use it. But you know, sometimes the easy way is also the way that kills you. You know. Ah, oh, what a way to go. That, it's a classic thing. What doesn't kill you uh, is harder. <laughs> mm. uh, okay, but I've hey, missed let's... you guys. <laughs> yeah, we're about the same. Also, while while we were gone, my son gave me a cookie, so that's pretty good. Hell oh, yeah! Good. So waking waking Caleb works. Yeah, waking waking one for waking Caleb. Yeah, one point for waking Caleb. Waking Caleb uh, <laughs> is cookie Caleb, which is pretty good. Caleb, this is how they get you, Ezra. Okay, I'll go with this. <laughs> hey, this this worst ways to get mm-hmm. got. I I've been got by worse things for way less than cookies, man. This is I I just think that all of the good things happening with when you're awake. Wait, no, wait. I can't tell which one's evil. Anymore. Now I've confused myself. All right. The point is, one of your kids is the devil. And if you don't figure it out soon, you're gonna have a lot of cookies in hell. Both. Well, that Whoa. sounds pretty good too. That they'll always be warm. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants a cold cookie? <laughs> this is That's true. Fresh out of the atmosphere cookies. <laughs> of all the things to reference right at the beginning of the show that we talked about before, that's a weird one. That's a weird thing to come out of nowhere. Uh, children, I love hell. To do a callback to something people didn't hear. That's my favorite game. Yeah. Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. This is season two. We're doing uh, Does It Hold Up? All of season two. Um, this is episode 18 of the second season, and I am here d- joined uh, at, with just an excellent panel today. I'm in Tucson, so I'm reporting live from the sun, and uh, I am uh, joined today in Northern California by Mr. Ezra Fox. Uh, Alex, the defect in this podcast is bleach. <laughs> All right, so clearly the audio is wor- the the tech situation is worse than I thought it was. Okay. Mm. It seemed like our opening riff was so clean, and then now it's like dropping every few seconds. Is it really that bad for you? So oh. do you, do you need to redo this? Unplug it. Plug it back in. Do? Yeah. What do I do? Okay. Turn off Tucson. Maybe... <laughs> turn off Tucson and turn it back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait thirty key. seconds. You gotta <laughs> wait the thirty seconds. Right. Wait thirty seconds while it's too soft, and then. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> it's only good because it snuck up on you. Yeah, yeah I didn't get it for a while. <laughs> the thinker. Yeah, so hey. maybe just the internet in this condo sucks. Huh. I'll buy that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's keep rolling this smooth show uh, into our second guest. Also joining me from Southeast Portland, my good friend Anthony Lopez. Hey, very excited to be here. It's going to be a good one. I'm feeling good about this. I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on this. And also joining us... Anthony, before Alex gets back to Portland, change the locks. (laughs) Yeah. I've been working on it. Oregon's got really tough, like, roommate laws uh, for the entire state, so I got to... Because literally every one of us has a roommate. You can't afford (laughs) to live there without one. Well, good luck then. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The... uh, I was trying to work on a joke in my head where, like, the country of Panama changes the locks, but it, it just didn't ever come together. It's a lot of steps. I've been there. Yeah. It's fine. They have a good buffet there. <laughs> yeah. I'm n- nothing nothing about that was wrong. That's all true. Wow. Okay. Well, um, it is a country in turmoil, but I'm sure it was fun for you to show up and eat the buffet and then leave. Uh, this was over a decade ago. I don't know how much turmoil there was. Oh, <laughs> so you started it. <laughs> Hey, really, just flicked a cigarette butt on your way out <laughs> in a national incident. Uh, also joining us, a very special guest, a Read It and Weep favorite and new mom. Please Woo-hoo. welcome back Lisa Battle. Hi. I really want to know where Idaho is and when it is. I'm very confused by this whole Idaho bus- business. Idaho. It's wherever you want to go, right? It's no, like, I'm pretty a- sure it takes place in Idaho, Idaho. You mean Idaho City, Idaho? Maybe. Maybe. I, it, I mean, is that Idaho a place? Is a, it is seems a real, to be. Because I kept thinking I misheard Idaho, Idaho, 
And then I saw a sign that said Idaho, and I'm like, that's a great town. But I don't know when in time it is. On, I thought it was just on the bus the, station. It, the, the movie Idaho. takes place in Preston, Idaho. Okay. Not Idaho? <laughs> Not Idaho. But the, I thought on the bus, I mean, though, maybe, the bus maybe you took. got the Idaho cut. Yeah, what? you had a you accidentally watched a weird uh, illegal version where they had to change all the names so that like the state of Idaho didn't sue them. I don't know, but I was confused thoroughly throughout the movie. So this was makes there a sense. part in the movie where they went to Mississippi? No. <laughs> okay, maybe that would have been a giveaway. Okay, but uh, it was well, Idaho, right? Yes, this all takes place in Idaho, which is one of my one of the things I like about it. Actually, it's just this very specific. Idaho uh, small humor? town Idaho feel yeah yeah I've, I, I've I don't been, really I've know Idaho a time I've driven through it a lot of times and I've spent a bunch of time in Boise and I like I this felt I don't know it felt it felt interesting it felt like a place that I don't see a lot of movies set and I enjoyed that about it um which we're gonna find out here in a second how much we enjoyed about it because <laughs> uh let me tell you first what we're watching we're watching Napoleon Dynamite the 2004 uh, small budget picture that surprised everybody after Sundance and kind of exploded right about the time we were all uh, right about college time for most of us. Yeah, um, early college. I'm pretty confident I saw this with you, Ezra, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. <sighs> it's a decent sh- shot. I just don't know if we did. I don't know who out. I saw it with either, and it was definitely when I was in college and someone made yes. me watch it. Oh, um, that's intriguing. All right, well, let's go Let's go all the way around. So this was my nomination. Uh, we had a couple of things that I was thinking about, but for some reason, this, someone had made a reference to this the other day, and I was thinking about it as a good does it hold up because it was so polarizing at the time. And I feel like, I mean, I definitely enjoyed it when I saw it in college, and but I think back on it mostly unfondly. I think it's one of those movies that's gotten worse in my memory. So I was super curious to see if it held up uh, for me. And um, uh, when I texted Anthony about it, uh, Anthony, your word was, uh, I have nothing but contempt for that film. <laughs> <laughs> so not a lot of ambiguity from you. So uh, let's start with you then. When, when did you see this the first time and, and what were your feelings then? <coughs> Um, I was, I'm a bit younger, so I was in high school mm-hmm. still at the time. Perfect. I guess it would have been, um, just starting my senior year. Cause I saw this pretty late. Cause you know, like you said, this movie, it's a $400,000 movie that made 46 million at the box office. It was one of those movies that just did like 2 million every week for like two months. It like, yeah. It was, a, it stuck crazy. around instead of being a huge, yeah. big first weekend. People kept telling their friends to see it. Yeah, so it, by, by the time I saw it, I, I saw it by myself. I remember I was like, I'm just going to go see it, see it, I guess. Interesting. Uh, it was already so quoted oh, and that referenced like that, yeah. that it was it was already um, a little played out for me by the time I saw it. I mean, there's definitely things I ad- admire about it. Rewatching it, um, it's definitely softened my feeling of it, mm. but a lot of my sort of... Uh, I don't know, I guess just memory of it is just like the way it's been. It was such a phenomenon. It was became such a uh, like advertising and marketing thing. Like there was so much merchandise for it that I remember selling when I was working like a shitty retail job. Uh, so I just felt like I was like washed over it like that. Um, it's, and it's just like you know, if I'm, I want to jump in here real quick, it's I don't think people talk about this enough when they talk about. It how good a movie is how dependent on the situation you see it it is the what people tell you going in who you're with the mood you're in when you see it can really change especially with something like this where like the what people say about it before you go in can have a big impact on whether you enjoy it or not yeah i also remember it being a very small screening so i think like seeing this with a packed theater like that i think that's the best way to see comedies um I did have a funny yeah, thing when I I uh, I had didn't have a lot of time this week, so I had like a few hours early yesterday morning uh, to watch this. So I, I woke up and I, I rented it at like uh, eight a.m. And I usually ask my wife if she wants to watch these movies with me. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, she probably wouldn't want to watch this, so I just did that. When she got like, she was checking her a- emails and saw that. I rented Napoleon Dynamite at 8 in the morning. She just texted me and was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. She's like, 
did you just watch Napoleon Dynamite at 8 o'clock? And I was like, I, yeah, I get how that could seem like a cry for help. Just like, before my first cup of coffee, I'm just dropping five bucks on Napoleon Dynamite. That's a weird thing to five do. Five bucks? First Papa thing in the fix. morning. Yeah. yeah, I got... Anthony likes to watch stuff in very high quality. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um... So that that was very funny, but yeah, I, mean, I thought you know. So seeing it again now, like there's things I definitely remembered. I I'm very like I love the idea of like these small little success that become this huge thing, and I think it's really interesting to sort of watch like the the two uh, directors, uh, Jared Hess and his his wife, who you know make all these movies. The way he's like tried to replicate this. So many oh, times. Oh, I don't know what that is. To, like, so tell less me, and what, less what other things has he done? Have they done? Well, he's done a handful of movies after this one, but I mean, so right after this, he had like Nacho Libre, oh, and then yeah. he had uh, Gentleman Broncos, and then a few other ones with Masterminds with Zach Galifianakis a few years ago, which like definitely lost money. Um, but even like Nacho Libre and Gentleman Broncos, uh, um, like were like good success like they definitely made money uh and it's just like he has such a unique style like i've always if it's even when i first saw napoleon dynamite i was like wow it's a real like mormon wes anderson is what i I always described (laughs) so i was i was Uh, working on both of these i had a a take about it being mormon and i had a take about it being wes anderson like and god damn this is why i think you're a comedic genius anthony is that those two were floating around for me but it never occurred to me to crash them together uh and it's just like uh, I was. I was just like thinking about this kid's career. I was. Th- I was. It got me thinking about. Uh, there's like a metaphor George Lucas used about like how insane movie making is, and the idea of like investing in filmmakers. Like, he uses it. It's like the the uh, metaphor he uses like giving like going to a casino and gambling. Like essentially, someone gave him four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And he went into a casino and he made four hundred million. Yeah. Or forty million dollars, right? Forty million. Yeah. Came out with a huge profit, and then they were like, "Fuck yeah, here's thirty. Go do that again." And he's like, "Okay." So he makes Nacho Libre. He makes like a hundred million. It's like that's still good. That's pretty good. And he's like, "All right, do it again with Gentleman Broncos." And he also makes like a hundred million. And then he just three tones get less and less. Still, um, all, I'm surprised that any of because this also feels like one that it could be like they don't know why it worked and the style is not replicable. Yeah. Or like yeah, I mean, the I other option. Oh think... man, the other options were on Napoleon Dynamite six at this point, and they're Ugh, each getting yeah. worse. No. Well, they they did like <laughs> uh, a t- uh, animated show yeah. in that kind of uh, last like. Oh, um, did they? Oh, gross. Yeah, grasp the tension for relevance. Uh, but it is like. Rewatching this, and I, I haven't seen any of his follow-ups, but from like the trailers and what I, I have seen, like a uh, little bit on Nacho Libre, it's one of the things that is really impressive about Napoleon Dynamite. Rewatching this is like for a first-time director, it's such a clear voice, yeah. Like it's such a fully formed thought, and it's a very weird thought. Like yeah, if, I don't just, know like, what kept the thought thinking, is. Yeah, like imagine like him just explaining. Yeah, yeah just like. The the faith and the that actors had to be okay. I want you to play it like this: more yeah. soft spoken, Pedro, quieter, yeah, and yeah. like less enthusiastic. Really, because I think your eyes. the One Direction was everyone in this movie don't be interested in being in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like that was what the whole motivation is. Just everyone was just not that into being there. I feel like uh, um, the girlfriend, Deb. Uh, no, no, yeah. no, the uh, uh, Kip's girlfriend. Oh, LaFonda? LaFonda? LaFonda. I feel like LaFonda was putting her all into this movie. Okay, that's true. That was the only yeah. person yeah, who had I, any energy. That's true. I mean, I think Jared Hess, uh, not Jared Hess, uh, what's the actor's name? John Hader. Uh, John Hader. I think he earned his $1,000 yeah. for the <laughs> shoot of this movie. Yeah, he got more afterwards, I think. He um, did get yes, more later. he definitely yeah. got a lot more, but I just love the idea that he got... Paid one thousand dollars. I mean, for this. The flip side is, like, my first thought on that was like, "Oh, good score." <laughs> yeah, I mean, but also this movie did kind of like pit him in a situation he was never going to get out of, right? Yeah, totally. Without like a Daniel Day Lewis like transformation, he okay. was. 
Um, this is good. I feel like we've gotten a lot, though, uh, without spreading this around. So I need Lisa. I need to hear your thoughts now. So what was your first experience with the movie? I, I can't really tell you because it's like, you know how you have memories that are more like feelings than actual details? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I like know you've that always I watched it. this. No, like, it's, I know I saw no, it in like college. Like the movie Boyhood. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I saw it in college, and I know mm. that it was incredibly boring. And that, <laughs> and that someone made me watch it, and I wanted to pretend I liked it because I think I liked the person. Not, like, romantically, but I wanted us to be friends, and it was really oh, important yeah. to the person, I can't yeah. remember who it was, that I like it. You know, like, they're like, if you don't like this movie, you don't get me. Like, that sort of feeling. And I remember watching it going, no, I don't get you. Like, I really, (laughs) really don't get you. But I still want you to like me. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. But that, like, cult, like, this movie has a... I think I might have walked out. I think I might have been in their dorm room and I left because I... I... This is the first time I've ever seen the ending. And I didn't... I thought I saw the whole thing, (laughs) but I didn't. It... Because also halfway through this, even even this time, you think it's over because it should be. <laughs> and it's only been an hour. Lisa, and I, you, you are such a nice person. And I don't think we've ever gotten this much hatred from you. I don't feel like I've gotten this much just vibrating negative energy as it, you talking about Napoleon Dynamite. This is so delightful. Yeah, I'm here no. for this. Yeah. No, it's not. It, it, it's just really slow. And, like, it's so yeah. slow that I didn't feel bad that my baby was watching it when I was told not to give her any screen time because there's not anything <laughs> happening. You know? Wait, this is the, so this is the only movie your baby has seen to date? Yeah. But the, has she oh, really man, seen it? Oh, man, what a weird start. Like, have we any of us really seen it? Because it's just <laughs> sort of like a screensaver, to be honest. I, I mean, so I was here for this abuse. <laughs> I was really um, surprised. But yeah, so then I rewatched it. And Sorry, it could only uh, go up from here. You know? Oh, I was I was just saying that like the way the first like the plot of this movie doesn't start for about like twenty five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like the first twenty minutes are just like these four minute like these like like two minute little sketches. Mm-hmm. Like these little vignettes, just him getting shoved in the lockers and just things that have nothing to do with anything. Yeah. A lot of the first half of this movie is that. It's very weird. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not sure that there really is even a strong driving plot. It, I, I no. mean, this is just, you have to enjoy these weird people being weird. That is the main focus of this movie. Right. Which is why I like yeah. Mormon Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes um, sense. Uh, Ezra, so what did you feel like about it in college? I think I'm a little similar to, to Lisa on this, and that, like, uh, I don't remember why. No kidding. I don't remember how I saw it, uh, you know, but, like, it was everywhere. Um, and I, this was kind of like the Big Lebowski for me, and I really wanted to like it more than I did. Um, mm. I think the first time around seeing it uh, that was different from this time was that um, I, I don't do Super Bowl with, like, awkward qu- comedy, uh, like British Office, uh, like, like yeah. cringe stuff. Like, and a lot of this, I just, I really didn't trust what they're going to do to the characters. Um, and I just felt very uncomfortable for a lot of it. So it wasn't necessarily that it was boring for me. It was just like, it was like, oh, I don't, it felt like it was all going to be bad. Did Knowing, it feel like work? Um, uh, <laughs> definitely the first, yeah, the first time it felt like, like, uh, well, cause I think I also don't, you know, like most Wes Anderson, I don't really love either. Uh, um, and I definitely didn't at that time. Uh, so, so I think the first time it was kind of a, just an uncomfortable, yeah, like, very distinctive slog. Uh, yeah. This time around, knowing that it's all like pretty much fine, uh, it was much more enjoyable for me. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I liked like, it, it more the second time. Yeah. Oh, uh, interesting. Wait, but can I can I tell you what yeah. it really feels like? Yes, yes, please. What it really feels like is you know when you're like looking at a magic eye, and you have to like work to make your brain fuzz over <laughs> to see something that's not there, and it never works. That's my experience. That's what it feels like. It feels like you have to get Wait, into Ezra, a... you've never seen a magic eye? No, but, but we can talk about my pain later. Let Lisa keep going. <laughs> but it's like, later, Lisa. you have to get into a meditative state to, like, appreciate it, sort of. Mm. But you have to, like, yeah. cross your eyes. Yeah. Okay. That's what so, this movie feels like to me. I, I like it. Yeah, I had a co-worker I was talking about this movie with today, and... 
she, I thought she said, I haven't seen it in a long time, and I'm not a big fan of, like, stoner comedies like that. Oh. And I thought that was such a funny read that only, like, in your memory could you think of this movie as, like, a stoner comedy. Because yeah. it is so, like, clean and wholesome. Like, it's weird and, um, it's like, not very clean. offbeat. I don't but think it's clean. But it doesn't have, like... <laughs> There's, like, a gigolo like, in uh, it. I mean, it's pretty clean. Even when there's the dirty parts, he's saying bosom. Yeah, but isn't he, like, secretly selling his body? <laughs> what? <laughs> Talking about? That's a great reading. I didn't realize that part of it. What? Yeah. L- Lisa, point to the textual evidence for this theory. The sexual um, evidence. He's going to take <laughs> take Napoleon to the dance, but he first has to drop off some Tupperware and then he He's goes in, she like deal. yanks yeah. him in. They're totally having sex. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with that. And then I, later, he, I'm a friend of your mom's, as in I am her prostitute. No? No. Okay, look, he might be, whether or not he is sleeping with these women that he's selling Tupperware to, I'm not sure is entirely uh, supported. But even if he was. He's not having sex with them for money. He's having sex with them for sex. No, well, no. Well, or I to think help with the, the Tupperware is like, like a way to get around it. Like they're actually buying Tupperware, but they're really buying him. Whoa. Well, I, I love this reading. Lisa, this is, I mean, you are in top form today. <laughs> I just thought that that was what it was. I mean, he's a sexual predator, but he also might be, you know, hard on his luck. I oh, really... I think that there's the type of thing that, again, not to come back to the Mormon thing, they're very nice people, that he would have never even considered that people could read it that way. <laughs> yeah, like, agree. It seems like if you brought it up to the filmmakers, he'd be like, oh, 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 people have sex when they're just trying to do good, wholesome sales? <laughs> yeah, he's a scumbag, but he's... He's just selling. Well, and he gets a good ending. That was the weird. I, you yeah. know, no. the ending is everyone's ending is yeah, good, and including that. him for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he does n- nothing. No. <laughs> um, I, I want, since you're talking about the stoner comedy thing, I want to give another quick anecdote. This was from Lauren on on our Facebook page, who said, um, "I was at a restaurant, and the table uh, next next to me were four retired Catholic priests." And they were talking about a bunch of stuff, but I remember most was one guy. He said he didn't understand the young people today and their movies like Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) This was in 2018. (laughs) 14 years later, it's still bothering him that kids today like movies like this. It is disturbing a little bit. I get that. Well, so I guess I'm the only one then who had a, like, almost entirely positive experience with it the first time around. So I cannot remember who I watched it with. I would have assumed it was you, Ezra, because we watched so much stuff together, but even if it was somebody else, I sort of expected to not like it because I'm suspicious of, of Wes Anderson. Um, I didn't like Big Lebowski the first time I saw it, although I liked it a lot more later. But this just is and I hate awkward comedy. That's not a thing that I like at all. Hmm. And for some reason, this just tickled me the first time. It just got me in all the right places. And that was the... Um, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I just got stumped trying to decide if there was a joke about which places that was, but it doesn't matter. Um, just glaze over. It's fine. We, we don't yeah, thank you. There's a place. It's fine. There's a place for us somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Um, I, but I just think that like, there's like a lot of it, a lot of it is a, it's sort of a period piece for the late eighties, early nineties. Um, one thing, <laughs> even that, though it takes place in 2004. Yeah. Yeah, Wait, it, that's supposed to be in 2004? I think so, but the point is that Idaho is behind times. Yeah, okay, well, even yeah. still, so that's even funnier. Then it's like this this rural Idaho town is basically a um, a period piece from the early 90s. Just like the long-corded phone where you go around the corner of the wall to get privacy. Like, that sort of thing tickled me. Uh, and uh, I gotta say, I think also, like, comedy-wise, the funniest thing a person can do is run quickly with their arms limp. Yeah, that is pretty good to have that be like the ongoing thing. That is so funny, and everybody does it in this movie. That's like, for some reason, everyone in Idaho runs with limp arms, and it cracks me up. And I, like, I still, not when I'm jogging, but if I'm running to see somebody or crossing the street away from a group of friends, I almost always run limp-armed because it makes me laugh. <laughs> 
So a lot of it just I thought was super funny at the time. This time I sort of hated it, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to check in is I wanted to see like did this like actually hold up in my brain? Was it just the right time and place? Maybe I had the opposite experience of you, Anthony, where I watched it with like just the right people at the right time. But um, this time around, I was not as taken with it. I thought mostly I did not care for it, um, with a few exceptions. One being the arms and. Uh, Another one uh, being that I really like Deb. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing that I did not remember was like, Deb is the best part of this movie. That's what I remembered. Is I was like, the girl from Andre's in it. Also from, oh, also the, the, Karina, like the chosen Karina. kid in Waterworld. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a great point. Good point. That's a real She's point also in, in Veronica her favor. Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, also, Mac in uh, in Veronica Mars. Yes, she's she's done a lot of good stuff. Uh, I mean, and she is so rad in this movie, and she is a, she's a really interesting character. She's got a lot of the same quirks as other people, but also some like more interesting drive. And she actually um, like believes stuff and stands up for it, as opposed to Napoleon Dynamite, who's like a compulsive liar and basically an incel if he had internet connection. Right. But I mean, like huh. he, he's a mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is so rad uh, that I, um, like, that was the thing that I'd forgotten was just, like, what an interesting character she is. And everybody else around, around the, everyone else in the movie kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really like Kip, personally. You do. Uh, <laughs> well, here's my, my, the only joke I remembered in this movie when I watched it, and it's, I still think it's so goddamn funny, is when Debbie first comes to the house and says she's raising money for college and yeah. Kip from, like, the living room screams, your mom went to college. <laughs> and yeah. then they, the thing is... That they, joke the, had just the, arrived in Idaho. Well, no, the brilliance of the joke is that they cut to him, and he's so fucking proud of the line. <laughs> like, just how, like, not, like, he doesn't think he's funny, he's just like, I fucking killed it. Like, this, <laughs> there's this confidence, and, like... Oh, that to me is the funniest part of. The- I just love his and then like moment. Deb runs that- off and- like with no with no arms. Also, limped arms and and yeah. also oh man, people running away and leaving their stuff behind is also funny to me. I in general, I think people running is one of the funniest things. I think that is an underutilized comedy trope. Also, Kip, uh, I I ha- I don't. This had to be. I I hope this is an actor choice because I think he makes one of the funniest choices in the movie. Is uh, in the karate class mm-hmm. when the guy says attack him and he goes for a sweep, yeah. <laughs> but like a very slow sweep. That is hilarious. Like, the, hey, well, punt, attack best... me and being like, yeah, I'm gonna sweep the leg. That's my move. <laughs> I well, and the best part to me is that the instructor goes, okay, that was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it certainly wasn't. I. Uh, but like that's that's the sort of stuff where like with Napoleon being like this compulsive liar, uh, acting like he it's it's women's fault for not liking him and also being obsessed with martial weapons, it's he, he makes he creeps me out a little bit. Yeah, he would be he would be on Reddit all the time. That's what I know about Napoleon. Yeah, I mean I, as soon as he, yeah as soon as uh, like you know whatever it's twenty thirty Idaho will have that problem. But, it's totally <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. I, don't you think there's something to the idea that like he's sort of pure and hasn't been corrupted by that like if you take that character and don't have the awful reddit poisoning him you just kind of end up with a charming goof who everyone wants to pit on binders for some reason in 2005 yeah. you know what I mean there yeah. is like you hate him for a while because, yes, he's a compulsive liar who lives with a man-child and ne- neglected by his grandmother. And mm. then he, this, like, um, you know, sexual predator comes to live with him. Like, yeah. all of those things are sad. But the part that you actually realize that you feel sorry for Napoleon is there's nothing sadder than someone who can't play tetherball with someone. Like, <laughs> yeah. that image to me, like, it worked so well. Because I was like, I hate this dude. And then yeah. he asks Summer if, if she will play tetherball with him, and she just says no. Simple, yeah. but that's so mean. Also, yeah. Summer, uh, uh, Hillary Duff's older sister. Did not know. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, well, a, it's, a, it's the older Duff. Duff the older. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fun. 
Also, that character definitely sells real estate in that town 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she not, does. Not to uh, jump ahead too much, but I, can I tell you another part that I didn't remember that really tickled me? Yeah, I, I think actually, I might be the only ahead. one. This is exactly the right I, game right now, is I wanted to ask I, you guys, what else, like, I, what did you like this time around? I think I might be the only one who found would find this as funny as I did. But there's a scene in this movie when Pedro's running for election where uh, Napoleon witnesses this bullying on this, like, kind of nerdy kid. Yeah. He needs, like, a, he yeah. wants, like, a dollar for, uh, uh, like, a soda. And, like, he ends up coming over and says, like, Pedro offers you protection. And that's okay. But what's funny to me yeah. is the fucking bully walks up to this kid and grabs him by the back of his neck. Yeah. And yanks him like a fucking lever. <laughs> like repeatedly over and over and over again. And assault. it's it's so it's like it's like appalling and horrible, but it's a movie and everyone was fine. And just the idea of that direction. Like yeah. so you want me to bully him? No, no, I want you to grab his neck. <laughs> And like an old-timey train conductor trying to stop a train, just yank him as hard as you can up and down. Hey, Steve, you got another two more in you if you think he can do that? All right, we're going to set that up. It's just, it's a, it goes into like the kind of that, what I was talking about, like the fully formed thing of his like how specific and weird his style is. Like that's yeah. just such a choice. And it was, like, shocking. It was, like, I was kind of, like, dozing off and bored at this point, And then that happened. And I'm, like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> this is... There is we like were dozing random... off because it was nine, 9 o'clock by this point. Yeah. I would agree that there's random specific violence. That, that is, like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, give me a tot. Like, the whole tater tot scene. Oh, and then he just yeah. kicks yeah. His, tater, his pocket full of tater tots. Like, that's just... I didn't see that coming. I don't yeah, know why you would good kick response the too. pocket of tater tots. Like, that just isn't pleasant for anyone. Yeah, um, that was good. But, like, it is very, like, that made me jump. Um, and also, I love, I do love tater tots. So, I do think they picked yeah. the perfect thing for him to like that we could all relate got more to. more successful. You know, like, do you think tots, tot, the profile of tots rose after, like, in the last 15 years after this movie? I would say it definitely has, but whether it's correlation or causation, I could not say. But tots mm. definitely have made a huge jump. Um, I lit, hey, also, to be fair, we live in Portland, which has a giant tot slant uh, in terms of popularity. Fair. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's very hard for me to judge. And I wasn't I've there in, in 2003, world. so I couldn't tell you how much tots were there then. Yeah. Uh, I've lived in Portland my whole life, and I've only n ever known Tots, if you know what I mean. We love Tots here in Portland. Well, actually, yeah, I think this is a good time not to give this movie credit for it, but j just simply to appreciate the food that is Tater Tots. Like, as a product yeah. that was invented as a way of getting rid of garbage. Like, And you know what? Here's, here's what I can say about Tater Tots. Put a bunch of French fries in a pocket. That's pockets gonna get gross. The fries are gonna get gross. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tots travel. Hold up. They travel better. Yeah, you know for sure. I mean? so they travel better. Also, it's just you. It's a really good texture. You get a lot of surface area of the different little pieces. So you get a lot of fried in there. Mm -hmm. um, it's the one hand toss in your mouth is a good size. I mean, it was a really clever invention and uh, a, a thing that I do enjoy. It was a, a great choice though for the movie because I do yeah. envy somebody eating tots in a classroom. And it makes, I would it makes want sense to. for Idaho, also, right? It's a, it's a yeah. yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, place. A, yeah, and I mean, speaking on the food theme, how do you how do you guys feel about uh, the credits? Because that was another thing that um, one thing I another thing I remembered about Napoleon Dynamite: the credits are made with food. That's, I did not remember that, and when I watched it, it made me want to never eat again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was supposed to make you feel like. Like high school, so it was like cafeteria yeah. food. Yeah, but yeah, it was '90s cafeteria food. My my husband walked in, and so like just in general, I had the lowest expectations, and he had the lowest expectations. And he walked in, and he goes, "God, I miss title sequences." And then he just like oh. walked out. And I was yeah, like, I mean, in that regard, I, I do like that it is a title sequence. It's just so gross. <laughs> I mean, I kind of liked it because it does give you like the feeling. And then it made me think of like other movies that have title sequences, like To Kill a Mockingbird. So I was like, mm. okay, well, they both was share all, that. Was there a lot of food in that sequence as well? 
because no. yeah, it was all it was all birdseed. No, it's <laughs> all, all, all the, the food Radley's gifts, and she's playing with them. But okay, that's fine too. You guys oh, but are no, just so not. all the, all the foods in this uh, in the title sequence were all used in the movie. Like they're all yeah, and like oh, were and they? With the characters, yeah, and with the characters they introduced as well, I believe. Oh, and there, see, there were also like the, makes the me like it. there were some graphic design pieces that I really liked of like the products changed into names and yeah yeah there was some good stuff and I like I like that enough but as far as setting the tone it's like oh this is a movie where food is going to be gross um, well it kind of was and sure enough that steak thing and whatever they fed the llama yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of casserole <laughs> or is for that the an llama. alpaca I could, I didn't know it you know what it's Tina it's, Tina yeah it does Tina not matter. <laughs> Yeah, you can call her Tina, but also it does not matter. I think either of those creatures should just get over it if they get called the wrong one because <laughs> it is not important to the rest of us, and that's how they should feel. Okay. Strong, I think strong the grandmother words, loved it. It's <laughs> important for me to get. I want them to stay in their place. Um, okay, we're going to take a brief, brief break, a uh, little ad break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to decide how this held up for us. Uh, so stick around. We'll be right back after this. Today's episode of Read and Weep is brought to you by the brand new book, The Devil's Guide to Managing Difficult People by Robin Bennis. So you guys, uh, longtime listeners will remember uh, a couple years ago, Robin Bennis put out her debut novel, The Guns Above, which was this really fun uh, book about uh, uh, war blimps uh, that I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, And she's got a new book out. It's called The Devil's Guide to Managing Difficult People. And it is, just to be clear from the beginning, it is a novel it is not actually going to help you learn how to deal with difficult people. So if that was your hurt. hope is, I mean, yeah, there's definitely some lessons to be learned along the way, but if you were hoping to just like get some quick tips and like, here's how you deal with difficult, difficult people would have been really nice. Uh, instead, it's actually a book about the devil and uh, the devil is a very polite older woman. So that is uh, uh just, I just want to be clear. I just want to, don't want to do any any false advertising for people. Um, it's really fun. It's very. It's it's totally funny. I really enjoy the voice uh, of the uh, the narration of it. Uh, the, the main character and I. Uh, I wanted to have us to do our little ad for this. Well, so the links are in the in the show notes, but you can also find this as an Amazon exclusive. So go to Amazon.com and uh, you can grab the Devil's Guide to Managing Difficult People by Robin Venice. But you guys, I wanted to know since it is not a guide for that actually. I wanted each of you to give us a tip on how you would deal with difficult people. Give us one difficult people tip. If we were the devil or not? Yes, it's <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah, let's say you were the devil, I guess. Fire. Just assuming fire. <laughs> Mostly fire. <laughs> That's your tool for everything. Yeah, well, when your only hammer is a fire, you use a fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never uh, saw Bedazzled then with, like, Brendan Fraser. Cause oh, I didn't either. I... <laughs> Would just manipulate them with temptation, being Elizabeth mm-hmm. Hurley. You give them Elizabeth? some wishes, and then just see what happens. Yeah. Oh, That's like a real monkey's do. paw sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just read the monkey's paw. Doesn't turn just? super well for people. Yeah. No. Like like within the last couple. Because how many people have actually read the source material of the monkey's paw? Not just. Like I have read. Sentence. I have read, uh, and I have so many strong thoughts. <laughs> I have you to know, teach I it. really, really <laughs> wanted to, but it turned out I got it, and it just did not work out for me. <laughs> so go ahead, read was... the monkey's pot by Robin Bennis. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I man, I, I wrote a blog about this a while ago, but I, the monkey's pot really pisses me off because I I like the idea of a thing that answers your wish in the worst possible way, but the monkey's pot is like really really going out of its way to be a dick like it's not even close it's like look i know what you said but i'm gonna mishear you really hard so that i can ruin this for you that is the book i mean the story no but it's not like it's not just like be careful what you wish for it's like look no matter what you wish for careful or not this monkey's paw is going to kill you so Mm -hmm. i mean it's i think the lesson is if someone gives you an evil monkey paw don't use it like yeah, you but how do you, okay, the guy okay. said don't use it. So Yeah, yeah Alex, clear. the uh, lesson of the story is not like that fine print needs to be looked over by lawyers better and better, right? <laughs> You're taking the wrong pearl from the story here. I'm taking the no. tagline, be careful what you wish for. Like that's it's you but there's no amount of care that would defeat the monkey's paw. And yes, a creepy old so, dude said not don't. to use it for wishes, but that's what they would say if you found a lamp with a good genie. 
And ooh, like, ooh. as far as not using an evil monkey's paw, how do I tell the difference between that and the good monkey's paw I have? <laughs> Alex, Alex, I have another way of dealing with difficult people. You like kind of yeah. let them talk for a while, tire themselves out, and then seamlessly transition to Lisa talking instead. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if that weren't so on the nose, uh, and I, I would be madder about it. Because that is a thorough burn. I was just trying to get us back on topic. <laughs> but also, I was feeling tired from that, from that riff. <laughs> yeah, that was the most hurtful part is when you said tire themselves out. I wanted to be like, no, I've still got energy, but I'm done for sure. I'm taking a nap after the show or possibly during. <laughs> Uh, say hello to my dream kid. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, Lisa, again, out of context. Context <laughs> sounds really weird. Kind of sounds like I got you hoping for that dream kid, though. We know they're out there somewhere. Uh, I Look, the, one of the great things about Robin is Robin's been listening to the show for a long time and is very aware that we do not earn the advertising money that we get. <laughs> we... Uh, no, like no refunds has been on the show for longer than Anthony has. So, that, <laughs> no, no, we you know no, what? <laughs> yeah. no Let refund. me tell you something. When you when you got a fucking product this good, it doesn't matter what you <laughs> sell, how right. you sell it. Sells it sells you know? itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this. What can we say? It better than the Odyssey, of course. That's a take it. All right. Yeah, I mean. Well, I, I, we could go out here. We could do all that, but do a lot of flim flam. We don't need to. Yeah, yeah. Anthony, yeah. that was solid. Robin it owes was, you. Yeah, that was super good. Um, also, I like that you um, instead of saying that's a given, you said that's, that's a, taken. a taken, which is like it. the negative spin on that same phrase. No, no. So what is it? No, it's no, as, no. It's as good I mean, as like the, the Liam Neeson taken movies. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I meant. Exactly. It's a taken. Like it's this is my new verb. That you know. Yeah, I used to say that that you know I would have said a few weeks ago this book fucks, but you ruined that for me, Alex. So I got to come up with a new verb. I, I so ruined that book's... for everybody, which yeah. is um, this is an important role of people in their thirties and up is yeah. to hear kids slang and then put it to death by using it. Uh-huh. <laughs> just going through Urban Dictionary and, and just uh, yeah, just old yellowing it. Just yeah, uh, it's <laughs> just had, it's had stay put in it out sun. of its misery. Uh, the point anyway. The point is, I really enjoyed the book, and I think you will as well. It's an Amazon exclusive, so uh, jump on Amazon, uh, get it for your Kindle. Uh, you can get it now. It just it just dropped. So uh, please enjoy "The Devil's Guide to Managing Difficult People" by Robin Bettis. And also, um, it'll be on our meat market at meatmarket.space, which is where we include all of the products and services that our listeners have advertised through the show. And if you have a thing that you do well and you want other people to know about it, let us know uh, through the meat market, and we would love to. Um, do a terrible job of advertising it for a small thing. Uh, Lisa, uh, uh, you know, since you have a small human that is maybe difficult to deal with, how, uh-huh. do, you, how do you manage that? Do you have any any hot, any hot tips on? Uh, put a boob in its mouth. <laughs> Can work in certain situations. Yeah, very limited applicability, I think. Uh, but, I mean, uh, I disagree. I, I, I honestly think would. that works. That works fairly often. I'm gonna be just, it, I mean, there just has to be a system where it's not your own boob. <laughs> well, why not? I get, hey, I. <laughs> this is a dangerous road, Anthony. I don't know how much, how much track yeah. you want to lay down it. What, that I can't put my own boob in my mouth <laughs> to make me happy? Why not, Alex? What do you have against that? <laughs> if you could, I mean, you know what? If you could do it, your boob is down. If you're down. If everyone who is like an eyes shot or ear shot, I guess, is down, then yeah, go for it, man. That's what it is. I just want everyone to be on board, everyone on board to be uh, into it. That's all I want. Um, but yeah, that is very satisfying for the baby and for other people. <laughs> I do worry um, about my parenting because that's all I got so far. <laughs> I mean, that'll that you can you can you can coast a while. Yeah, right. That that to be honest, yeah, yeah. It's you won't have to have a plan B for a little bit of time. <laughs> All right, well, so let, that brings us back. Let's bring this into, in for a landing here. Uh, so Napoleon Dynamite from 2004. Um, we talked about where we where we felt originally and what we were feeling a little bit more now. I, I have some general ideas uh, where this is going to go, but the uh, question is, does it hold up? It was my my nomination, so I'm going to go last. Let's start with you, Ezra. Uh, I'm what gonna is say, your feeling so- overall? Does it hold up for you? 
Mostly yes, but I need like a couple, like an asterisk or two because, um, I mean, I think we've gotten a little more woke on the whole with like um, understanding like, uh, you know, if uh, making sure that maybe that just minority characters shouldn't just be like stereotypes or like props for like, you know, uh, for the main characters. Yes. Uh, Like, so I, it's the kind of thing where I, I read into it, you know, the, like um, the uh, actress who played uh, LaFonda was like, you know, like very enthusiastic about it. Uh, and uh, as was an uh, actor who played Pedro, but like, I would say maybe like it's, entirely possible that also this could have done some harm uh, along the way uh for some stereotypes uh and so i yeah lafonda's gifts to kip are a little bit questionable did did you guys like wonder the whole time is this racist or is it just clueless like the whole time i was like i think it is and then he comes out in a a good excuse so it might be this might be all the what all in the wash i think Uh, yeah but like but then he comes out in a do-rag and i'm like yep Yep, yeah. yep, this is racist. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's sort of like like uh, ignorance of the law is not an excuse for breaking the law. That's how right. I feel. Like, if you're just True. being lazy and caricaturing, whether that's racist or you're just being a lazy hack who's being racist on accident, that's not better. But I wasn't you're sure not. if they were, like, making a commentary about it, like, ironically. Nope. That's... No, yeah. And then I'm I was like, oh, they're not... Because they were definitely making fun of white people. For the majority of it, so I'm like, yeah. are they saying that white people are so stupid that this is how they see people? Mm, man, that's a I generous like, reading. I don't see it. No. <laughs> <3D chest. laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's like the the in terms of like this is uh, this had a huge like I guess comedic impact in the moment. Uh, like I was surprised how many specific moments I remembered. Uh, yeah. The detail is impressive. Uh, some caveats on like if like contextually it works as well in this time. Yeah, great, great. Uh, Lisa, does Napoleon Dynamite hold up for you? Um, it's better than I remembered it because yeah. I laughed out loud several times. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, but like Kip had some with, solid. So is it is it actually good or is it just that your expectations were so low? Well, you're saying does it hold up? So does it hold yeah. up to what I remember? Yes, because it's still yeah. really slow. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I do like I think that I understand why people thought it was funny. Now, no. maybe because my ex- expectations were so low that, like, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of see the humor in this. Like, Kip has some funny lines. Yeah, Kip definitely has some funny things. And um, you feel, and I think that the ending is really sweet. I yeah. think that Tetherball is great, and we should all go play it. I was actually, I was wondering that because the way he is just, like, destroying her and she's still in a good mood about it, because, again, this movie is about Deb and some shitty guys she hangs out with, but um, <laughs> the, is Tetherball actually a good game? It seems like it might just be bad volleyball. <laughs> I did like Tetherball back in the day. I did, like, too, I like but I was it. watching it going, like I, like, I don't think I would enjoy any part of it now. Really? Because you could also, like, when you were l- really little, like, swing on it. That's what I see. Yeah. They would yell at you if you did that during recess yeah, for it's sure. That's true. <laughs> but um, it was maybe cool. that maybe we should do a mini episode where we just spend five minutes figure like sneaking into a schoolyard and feeling figuring out if Tetherball holds up for us. <laughs> that sounds fun. Tetherball yeah. rules. Ten out of ten would <laughs> play again. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. I like I like this. I'd like uh um Kickball, I'd want to know yeah. if... Uh, um, Kickball, yeah. I think, does hold up, uh, although there's too many hipster 20-somethings playing it in rec leagues right now, and maybe that would annoy me. Or uh, wall, wall, like, uh, wall ball, four square. We could do a lot. I could, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in sort of doing the oh, whole schoolyard. We might actually... We might do a schoolyard games as a part of our summer of fun coming up. That's a good idea. Nice. Um, which, in fact, uh, I'll, 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 say, I'll, I'll say more about that in a minute. Um, where are we? Anthony. Does Napoleon Dynamite yes. hold up for you? Can I say something about Tetherball? Yes. Now yeah. that I'm thinking about it. Tetherball, here's why Tetherball's fucking awesome. Because <laughs> you said it's it's like a less fun volleyball. No, it's Tetherball is like the golf of like playground sports. Like it doesn't okay. require a whole lot of physical action. It's mm-hmm. mostly sitting around and bullshitting with friends. Sure. Uh, and really, anyone can do it. You can be in any kind of shape or anything. It's awesome. I like that. All right, those That's are good answers. A, I'm, yeah. I'm persuaded, Tell maybe. Good game. And honestly, swinging on it is that was my jam. That's, <laughs> that's how you learn to fly. <laughs> All right. Um, so now, now Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. I I would say uh, it's all right. 
uh, if you, you should know what you're getting into, you know, with, like with the Wes Anderson comparisons earlier, it's like a lot of what I meant by that is like the shot composition, his use of color, his use of like zooms. He does a lot of those in like at the end of gags. Yeah. But uh, Wes Anderson films have a lot more like sort of thematic resonance and hurt and uh, interesting things that make him much more enjoyable to come back and revisit while this is like one note all the way through it. It's like, I've, I've heard the song. I know it. Uh, like, I, I don't know if it's the type of film, like I'm surprised it had such like a rewatch value and like a cult classic to it. Cause I feel like, yeah, it holds up and it's fine. It's fine. That's what I got. It's a fine movie. (laughs) Wow, I, man! I feel like you got you. You wore yourself out there. Like you might be a difficult person. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, I uh, all right. So for me, since this was my nomination, uh, does it hold up for me? And uh, I'm gonna say mostly no. Uh, I, as the only person who enjoyed it the first time on the show, I want to say that it did not. It's not nearly as fun. Like it. Not. I guess it's different for the question. Does it hold up? I think this movie, even though it was about a time and place 15 years before when we were watching it, um, it, it, it is a it is it just struck a chord in the world at a very specific time, and we're playing a different instrument right now. So it just it did not do much for me this time around. There's a couple of funny things. Yeah, there's a lot of problematic things that I didn't even get really angry about because I was just kind of like befuddled by the whole project this time around. Um I do admire that it is so one note, actually. Like, they picked a note and played it very confidently for the whole movie, which is actually kind of hard to do. So I think, like, the tone of it is an interesting project, and they did a really good job of having this consistent, weird tone. And I like that. I like weird. I like somebody doing something like that. Um, uh, And there were definitely some things I enjoyed, especially just thinking back. I like that uh, Pedro and uh, Napoleon were just expert milk tasters for oh, no yeah. reason that ever comes up again or was ma- or relevant there's a good re- there's a good reason for that actually oh is there well so i don't know if anyone did like a little more research on this but no. uh there is a short film uh called peluca um that uh uh like jared hess and jerusa like uh when they're back at byu uh john heater uh stars in it uh and like there's sort of like a, a section on uh I guess future farmers of America and like having to study for this. And there's a couple like basically like, like same bits uh, that are in that uh, short uh, in that eight minutes. Um, it's kind of interesting to sort of see the, the proto, I guess, version of it since you talked about sort of um, brave little toaster being like the, the rough draft of uh, toy story. Yeah. Um, and so it's like a kind of similar thing where it's like, Oh yeah, you can kind of see it's, it's like a lot of it, it's more general and weaker. Uh, but there's a couple of very specific moments that kind of come out uh, still. So it's like the, the 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 little action figure uh, out the window and the bus oh, uh, yeah, is still yeah. there, um, and the uh, the shaving your head uh, is is another bit also. Oh yeah, because the hair was hot. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was really interesting. So I and I get yeah the time and place or the place part of it is also one of the things that I like the most about it. All right, so I'm gonna say uh, not really, but with some some asterisks that are more positive, sort of the opposite of what Ezra said. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a wrap on Napoleon Dynamite. Really quick before we go, a couple quick mailbag items that I want to talk about. Um, number one, uh, Leanne sent us a message uh, on the latest episode. This is when we were talking about Brave Little Toaster. I said, in an exasperated fashion, not everything can be alive. But uh, Leanne begs to differ uh, and suggested we listen to the podcast Everything is Alive by Radiotopia. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, which is uh, apparently quite the delight, and I haven't listened to it yet, but I do like Radiotopia a lot, so I believe, I believe that it is good. Um, uh, I, it, I believe it's like a series of podcasts from the first person of inanimate objects. Um, yeah. Uh, I want people just to start sending anytime we say the name of a podcast for someone to be like, <laughs> you know, that's a show. <laughs> like, yeah. you know how. You know how all, all the time I'm always like, Alex, what the fuck with Mark Marin? And no one is ever like, <laughs> that's a show already. Uh, well, so, yeah, so this is like, it's like interviews with items. So like episode one is Luis, a can of Coke. So uh, uh, they interview him and then Maeve, a lamp post, etc. Um, and apparently it's quite good. Uh, email number two, Steve... Um, just listen to the episode, latest episode where you joked about your interest in someone who could beat The Price is Right 
by a very spooky coincidence, just last night, my wife and I watched the Netflix documentary, The Perfect Bid, which is about exactly that, a math teacher who figured out the whole show. And uh, I am super excited to watch that. So that was straight into the queue. So I appreciate both of those suggestions. Uh, and I do appreciate any time I say something that people are immediately like, sorry, I have physical proof that is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, lot, not, not mistakes, just uh, interest, not corrections, just uh, interesting facts. No one has to feel bad about. Uh, yes, that that's is a canon. reference. That's a reference to our other show. Um, yeah. And okay. So uh, that, that brings us to the end of this. Feel free to send a, a long email. I love getting the email uh, at, at podcast at readdishweep.com. I also uh, sometimes check Facebook and always check Twitter. So those are also options, but definitely podcast at readdishweep.com for all of your information. No one has to feel bad about. And uh, give us a review. Four stars is fine. Yes. I was going to say that in the <laughs> outro, but yes. Never, don't, never forget no refunds and four stars is plenty. All right, that is it for our show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back again next week. Uh, next week, uh, boy howdy, we have a really interesting uh, week planned. We are going to be watching some classic Doctor Who starting mm. next week. So, um, well, so actually, man, we have so much going on in the show, so much exciting stuff to look forward to. So next week is the last episode in May, and then starting in June, we're going to be doing our uh, Summer of Fun. So I think I mentioned this briefly last week, but we, uh, for the summer, we're going to be uh, entirely reviewing experiences instead of movies so it's our, our summer of checking out things like for example playground games and seeing if they hold up we're also gonna we're probably gonna go to a Chuck E. Cheese at some point we're gonna try some Taco Bell um, <laughs> when I asked Lisa what she wants to do it does it hold up one of one of her suggestions was Taco Bell so I think that definitely should be something on our list mm. I actually yeah. might want to do a like a whole fast food day where we get like a few different meals like we did with the candy uh, and then just no 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 do one at a time well, there's too many episodes. I just like to taste a couple of things. Um, but, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. Good good suggestion. Um, but then, be- but before we start that, so if you're a Meat Buddy, um, please, you can go into the uh, Meat Buddy secret voting panel right now and vote on what your favorite Summer of Fun items are, and, you, and we'll uh, try to do the ones that get the most votes. And speaking of which, um, we had uh, Meat Buddy uh, Carrie, who recently uh, just re-upped and increased the donation uh, that they were giving us for being a meat buddy and in doing so also pointed out uh, that classic Doctor Who uh, they had suggested classic Doctor Who on our meat buddy voting system and it currently stands as the thing with the most votes and we hadn't gotten around to it yet so um, partially maybe inspired by the increased donation of that meat buddy I I was (laughs) spurred on to action so we're gonna we're gonna take that on next week I'm very excited about it uh Fan, fan favorite Stephen Carter is going to be here to share some opinions uh, about it. Yeah. Uh, do you, I mean, and I don't, I don't want to step on your toes, Alex, but I don't know what episodes you were planning to pick. But if you're listening and you have a good frame of reference on maybe where what we should do, because I know there's so many a, doctors, yeah. so many different eras. I have. It's. V- I'm very curious what we're doing. Yeah, it's it's a mess, and it, and we're ne- we're definitely not going to be able to do it justice. There's so much to do. But uh, we are going classic. It's going to be some some old stuff. And, You're going to wear a um, scarf. Just wear a really long scarf. That's all I know about I'll it. Oh, wear a scarf the whole time? Is it like soccer? <laughs> no, there's just one. One of the doctors has a really long scarf that's just enviable. Oh, I like that. All right. Well, we'll see if that happens. Well, um, I was asking Stephen for some recommendations about it. He wants to watch some, some episodes with space Nazis, which I'm definitely into. <laughs> so... Um, I don't know what that means. I mean, like, I, there's not a show that I know less about. Uh, well, you know they're going to be the bad guys, right, Alex? The Dalek. I don't spoil you. I know you were probably just you got all excited about the wrong thing, but Alex, you gotta you gotta be careful. This bit is really hard on my soul. Um, I am not in favor of the space Nazis. I'll be rooting against them, as I do with all Nazis on television. All right. I don't know why I have to keep saying that. Yeah, on television. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem, Alex. Radio Nazi. Whoa. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. man. All right. Anyway, so much good stuff. My point is, so much fun stuff coming up on the show. So uh, thank you all for listening. <laughs> you just said and- that after the Nazi. <laughs> you know what? Um, maybe three stars is plenty at this point. Like, I don't even feel like asking for four is fair anymore. Uh, but... <laughs> All right, thanks. just doing topical humor, Alex. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for being here, Anthony. It's always great to talk to you. 
Always a pleasure. And thanks for waking up early to watch this one morning and cause <laughs> your wife some stress. Uh, Ezra, great to have you back, buddy. This uh, this podcast got into an onion patch. <laughs> it did. It did indeed. Uh, Lisa. Lisa. New mama Lisa. Yeah. Thanks for I give- wasting your one hour away from your baby talking with us. Guys, I give you more than four stars. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Uh, it, uh, that is your like metaphor- metaphorical way of sticking a boob in our mouth to get rid of us. <laughs> sure. Stick four Actually- stars in our reviews <laughs> to get rid of us. Uh, well, and good luck with your uh, with your baby. It seems like you have a solid plan, and and you're doing well so far. <laughs> I appreciate that bit of encouragement. Like, <laughs> good, hey, Lisa. When you when you like bring the baby back to this side of the country, like our babies can all hang out and it'll be good good times. Yeah. Baby party, baby party, definitely. definitely. Uh, that sounds fun. All right. Well, we'll talk to everybody else next week. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.